The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. And it is the ongoing conversation around policing. Uh, hearings continue about the future of policing in Edmonton at City Hall. You've heard, you just heard Eileen uh, talk um, uh, about those meetings that have been going on and you also know that a four-year member of the Edmonton Police Service has been charged with assault after police said the level of force used in a 2019 arrest didn't match what was documented in the police report at the time. Um, you have likely seen the video of the incident in it, a police officer can be seen holding someone to the ground when a second officer comes into view and appears to hit the man. Uh, the man screams in pain as the officers are then both kneeled down over him. It's not clear if they're actually kneeling on him. One of those police officers has now been suspended without pay. So as the push continues to reform policing in this country, we're joined this afternoon by Hélène Babineau, a former RCMP officer and now an advisor with the Centre for Research Action on Race, Rela- Race Relations. Hélène Babineau, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much for having me. It is a pleasure. I've been wanting to talk to you for a couple of weeks now. Now, you were an RCMP officer for You've Been Busy. I know you've had a lot of interviews over the past little while. Um, You were uh, an RCMP officer for 27 years. Um, Mm -hmm. Can you tell us what your experience was like uh, as an officer and specifically when it comes to racism? Oh, that's that's a pretty that's a pretty broad <laughs> question here. <laughs> uh, because I was I was kind of expecting to be uh, having to talk about the, the video and, uh, and the excessive force used and everything else. But uh, you know, my experiences uh, they're well documented. I've given an interview uh, or oh, several interviews uh, about my experiences in the RCMP in terms of racism, of course. The RCMP, like any other institution, is not void of racism and discrimination. I mean, it's not, uh, you know, it, it, it's not perfect. Uh, but 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 it's a systemic aspect of uh, of um, racial profiling that you find uh, within police uh, institutions nowadays. That is uh, that should be of concern. Um, you know, and 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 this is really. You know when I when I look at the video, again I don't want to comment too long on this, but when I look at the video, I I can see you know obviously decision that speaks to the excessive use of force that was used. But I was just wondering if the the um, the gentleman the the victim I call him a victim was was indigenous. Um, If I remember correctly, he was yes. Yeah, and so you know, we what we've seen and what I have seen in the RCMP, but what what I've also seen since uh, uh, you know I began work with the Center for Research National Race Relations here in Montreal is that excessive use of force when it's respect to is part of racial profiling. So you have this notion that indigenous people and or black people or racialized individual, well, take blacks and indigenous. Uh, specifically, uh, are either, uh, you know, um, dangerous, uh, criminalized, and, and could be violent. So what we see time and time and time again is, is police officers often 
uh, using four disproportionately against those two particular groups uh, that, you know, that they would force that they would normally not use. And in this case, what I saw in the video, uh, I mean, it was so unnecessary, but, you know, you hear the officer said, don't run away from the police. So you're talking about yeah. a power trip. You're talking about someone who's got four years on the job. Somebody must have been coaching this 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 person because he's a, he's green, right? Four years on the job, and so again, that to me speaks to the systemic nature of the problem, more so than in the individual piece. Can you? I think for my listeners, can you mm-hmm. help us out on on this one? I mean, we know mm-hmm. that to, to move forward, to make change, um, mm-hmm. you you have said, and and numerous people have said, and it's been the cry mm-hmm. that uh, we have to acknowledge that systemic racism exists. Can you explain mm-hmm. systemic racism and systematic? What is the difference there? Well, first of all, systematic. If it was system systematic racism, it would be a deliberate. A calculated uh, approach used by police officers to either target or use excessive force against uh, blacks and, and indigenous or the visible minority group. That is not my experience within police. And so there's no mm. systematic marching orders given to police officers to go out yeah. there and, 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 and abuse uh, racialized individuals. Now, systemic is, is, is a it's basically a, a, it's practices, uh, methodologies, ideologies, and so on and so forth that becomes part of the way of doing business within the police organization, so much so that it, it becomes un, almost unconscious. You know, people are doing it because they've been taught, because that's the kind of the narrative that's been made part of the of the institution as as a whole so that those are the two differences one is very calculated and deliberate the other one okay. is you know it, it, it's people don't even think about it anymore they're just doing it in this case here in uh, in mm-hmm. Edmonton with the Edmonton Police Service with that video that uh, mm-hmm. that we talked about uh, off the top here, yeah. it is mm-hmm. interesting to see that that police officer has been suspended mm-hmm. without pay. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, it seems in, in years past, it would, you know, suspended yeah. with pay, but without pay seems to be a big step. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's rare, uh, but that's, you know, that's a decision. For, I, I'm not 100% familiar with your, your complaint system in Alberta. Uh, I, I, what I could glean from, from, you know, checking online was the fact that the people can actually report to the police service, uh, com- complain to the police service, and then it's being investigated at their level. And then if people are not happy with the decision, they can appeal it to the Law Enforcement Review Board. That's my understanding. Um, but, uh, so in this particular case, obviously, and again, it speaks, now it speaks to the use of cameras, right? So if this incident had not been recorded, uh, and I'm not sure whether this was a a stationary camera or this was someone that recorded the incident, but if this had not been recorded, uh, this would have gone on as an unreported event. It's very unlikely that this, this person, uh, you know, it might have been, a, you know, someone that I, I'm not sure if this was a street person, indigenous or indigent person, uh, but more than likely they may not have reported this incident. So it would have gone on, on unreported and, you know, it would have been business as usual.
Mr. Babineau, you have uh, mm-hmm. long pushed uh, for the use of body cameras by police services. Right. You have mm-hmm. have you argued, you've, you've said that they're an essential mm-hmm. piece of equipment for policing in the 21st century for a couple of That's different correct. reasons. But some mm-hmm. say, um, you know, some say it would be a deterrent. Some studies show that they would have limited impact. Mm-hmm. I go back to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, George Floyd's death in Minneapolis. Right. Derek Chauvin mm-hmm. knew he was being recorded. There was video cameras mm-hmm. in his right mm-hmm. there. And that didn't change a thing um how why is it that you believe that body cameras would make the system better well like any other other laws or or practices i mean they will deter some people some of the time i Mm. mean it's not it's not foolproof i mean there are certain individuals that no matter what they think they're right in doing what they're doing and they're going to keep on doing it so those people you put but this a minute uh, um, you know, it's a minority of officers, like an infinite yeah. minority of, of officers that are doing that. Now, you've got the larger, you know, membership of the police organization, which I believe would be a deterrent when they know they're being recorded. Uh, other people, it doesn't matter. If they're recorded, they, they, they'll act just the same way. I mean, and they, they'll act appropriately or inappropriately. Mm-hmm. But I think for the vast majority of officers, I can speak for myself, Definitely, you know, knowing that you're being recorded and you're going to make sure that you, you, you know, you're justifying what it is that you're doing. But also the use of body cameras, if I may, is, is also to enhance public trust in the police. Uh, and amongst visible minorities and, and blacks and, and indigenous people, uh, I would argue that the, the, the trust in the police is that's the lowest it's ever been in this country. Hmm. So with with the body cameras, then mm-hmm. I mean we've seen a couple of cities in uh, the country uh, implement mm-hmm. the use of body cameras. We're hearing uh, from other cities that the cost mm-hmm. is a major deterrent. Besides the cost, why do you think they haven't been embraced by police forces? I think by and large the cost is is the major factor. I mean there might also be you know some police unions that are reluctant to. Uh, I think uh, Montreal is an example. The police union here has been against uh, body cameras. It still is against body cameras. Um, but I, no, so, sorry, I should clarify this. Only recently have they come around and and sort of uh, been agreeable to the use of body cameras. But uh, but I think the cost has been the number one issue in most police services. But and it, that speaks to policing budgets, right? So they're not in an mm-hmm. unlimited budget. Uh, contrary to what some people might think, uh, and Do, so so cost is an issue, definitely. So I, you know, okay. So there's the, the body camera issue that could make uh, police officers more accountable. But if we just look mm-hmm. at at um, the recruiting process, the training process mm-hmm. when it comes mm-hmm. to policing, um, right. we could probably be doing a much better job there as well, couldn't we? hundred percent, hundred percent. First of all. Um, you know, what we should have, what we must have is the type of test, and it's called, you know, Harvard developed a test called the the, uh, implicit um, association test, which is basically an implicit bias test, which which, uh, identifies some of the biases that we all have, uh, but that, uh, you know, if in an applicant, uh, would 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 certainly uh, flag some concerns for the police agency. So that should be at the front end. So you want to screen people at the front end. You want to have within the organization a zero tolerance policy on discrimination and also on racial profiling. First of all, you have to recognize it exists. Uh, 
And then you want to have what we call an early warning system within the organization, which which forces put the impetus or the emphasis on managers and supervisors to report, to investigate, and to deal with any type of, of uh, allegations or report of racial profiling, and hopefully provide the, the necessary corrective measures. Uh, and so it's it's an entire process, but it definitely starts at the beginning with a much more rigorous uh, screening process. Um, there has been a lot of talk about defunding police forces, divesting, or the reallocation right. of funds as, as the language that you like to use for it. Mm-hmm. What does this look like for you, to you, and, and how would it help? Well, I, I gotta, so I'll speak to the, the frontline police officers. When we hear... When we hear defunding the police, we say, okay, well, what are we going to do now? Because yeah. at the front end, at the front end, uh, on the road, uh, operation budgets are, you know, not unlimited. A very, I mean, what the, 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 the thing that I kept hearing in the RCMP over my career was do more with less. Okay, the monies would be cut, and, and that's this is the RCMP we're talking about. You know, we're talking about a major, you know, major budget. But really, uh-huh. and honestly, at the end of the day, uh, operation budgets are limited. And so when, so when police officers hear that, they they have skills. Number two is that we're talking about also the reallocation or or, or re-engineering of some tasks performed by police officers that would be better performed by the other, uh, uh, you know, institutions or other services and whatnot. That's not a problem. As long as if it's a municipal government or, or, or you know, or provincial government, they look at properly funding those agencies that now are going to be taking on additional responsibilities. Okay? And so it's really in the reallocation of funds. Uh, they, right now, the, the word that's being um, sort of bantered around in terms of defunding. Uh, what concerns me is that it's almost it, it's being used as a punitive measures uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. to be meted on to police services for misbehavior, <laughs> and so yeah. that to me, you know, you need to be to be calculated. You need to be, uh, you know, a cool, calm, and collected in, in the way you you uh, you know budget police services so to, to make sure that public safety is not jeopardized when you do That's that. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You know what, Mr. Babineau, I could I could talk to you for another 30 yeah. minutes without a doubt, uh, but we're it's out so of time, much. so we're going to have to... <laughs> there's so much here, right? There's so yeah, much exactly. to unpackage, and uh, yeah, we could go on yeah. for a long time. I look forward to talking to you again in the future, and I thank you for your perspective this afternoon. Well, thank you very much for having me. You take care. Take care now. That's Alain Babineau, who is a former RCMP officer, 27 years, uh, is now an advisor with the Centre for Research Action on Race Relations. It's been interesting to to read about his experience as a as a black man in the RCMP for as, as many years as he was, but also the work that he is he is doing now and, and kind of shining some, shining some of the spotlight on uh, what he believes needs to be done and how that can be done. A fierce advocate of the use of body cams for police officers and uh, we've heard the Prime Minister push for that. We've heard him say that he has talked with He has talked with the RCMP commissioner, uh, Brenda Lucky, about it as well. We know Calgary has body cams. Edmonton Police did a a pilot project a couple of years ago saying that right now that cost is still uh, a big hindrance uh, on that front. What are your thoughts when it comes to body cams? Is this something that you 
support. Is this something that you think, yes, this is worth the money, this is 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 worth uh, putting some money towards and, and having uh, our Edmonton police officers, our RCMP, maybe our peace officers have body cameras. 